0: for all of the children to come a little bit closer to where I am on the screen. I love to laugh. And I bet you love to laugh, too. I love hearing you laugh when we're at church together and in the hallways or something happens in the worship service that's funny. And I just love hearing your laughter. Laughter is such a wonderful thing, and there's a lot of laughing going on in the Bible story that we just heard. Abraham and Sarah were two people that God chose, and God said, I'm going to give you a big family. And Abraham was 99 years old, Sarah was 90 years old, and they hadn't had a baby before. And so God came to visit them to say, in a year's time, Sarah's going to have a baby. And when Sarah heard that, she laughed. She laughed and laughed and laughed and thought it was the funniest thing she had ever heard. She just couldn't believe it was true. Later, a year later, she gave birth to a son. What God had said came true. And when he was born, she laughed for joy. The first time she laughed, she laughed because she didn't believe it and she thought it was silly. The second time she laughed, she was surprised with joy at what God had done. And do you know what she named her little boy? She named him Isaac, which means laughter. I just think it's really important that we laugh and that we laugh a lot. Now, we don't want to laugh at other people or make fun of other people, but when we laugh for joy at the beauty of the world, at something really clever that somebody said, or something that, some cute puppy video on YouTube, that laughter is a gift from God, and your laughter as children really helps us grown-ups to feel God's joy. So let's pray together and thank God for laughter. Gracious God, we thank you so much for the gift of laughter, for those things in nature that make us laugh, for those funny things that our family and friends say that make us laugh. May our laughter always bring you joy. May we find ways every day to laugh and rejoice and who you are and how much you love us. I thank you especially for these children whose laughter brings so many of us joy. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, normally, as if we know what normal is anymore, Normally, this time of year, my family would be getting ready for our family camp meeting. Now, if you're not very familiar with me and my family and my story, my family has this almost 200-year tradition of gathering in Brownsville, Tennessee for a week for an old-fashioned Methodist camp meeting. We go to church twice a day, we sing for 20 or 30 minutes at the beginning of every worship service, and we sit around outside in the middle of July and drink sweet tea and tell stories. This year, we're not sure what's going to happen with camp meeting. Some of our family leaders are gathering tomorrow, actually, to make a decision about what we should do, so I would appreciate your prayers that we make good and wise decisions But one of the things I love the most about Camp Meeting, and one of the things I'll miss if we're not able to have it this year, is sitting around with family members and telling family stories. I never knew my grandfather. I never knew most of his brothers or his sister. But I feel like I know them because of all the stories that I got to hear as a child growing up. Now, if you have family stories, you know that a lot of times these stories are not quite based in fact. They get embellished as they get passed down and the characters may shift and change and family members get into arguments about, no, that's not the way it happened. It happened this way, it happened that way. But somehow through the telling and the hearing of these stories, we learn about our ancestors. I feel like I know my grandfather and my great uncles and my great aunt because of the stories that were told about them. I know something about their character. Throughout the summer, we're going to be reading together the book of Genesis and we're gonna be hearing the stories of the family of God. These stories are focused on one particular family, Abraham and Sarah and their descendants. And the stories over the years and over the telling may be not quite based in historical fact and how everything happened, but what we see unfolding in these stories is the character of our ancestors and the character of God. These stories tell us about the human family, and it's not a perfect family. As we go through these stories this summer, we're going to see a lot of dysfunction, a lot of conflict, even a lot of hatred within these families. And yet we're also going to see a God who is faithful to God's promise. The promise was first uttered in the 12th chapter of Genesis. The first 11 chapters of Genesis are sort of about the beginning of the world and the story of Noah and the Tower of Babel and all of that. And then in chapter 12, God speaks to a man named Abram. And God chooses Abram and his wife Sarai, later to be called Abraham and Sarah. And he says to them, I'm going to choose your family for a particular purpose. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. God does not choose Abraham and Sarah to give them a special privilege or to raise them up above everybody else, but to use them as a vessel through which God is going to bless the whole world. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in you. And so Abraham and Sarah receive in chapter 12 this promise that they will be the parents of a great nation, that they're going to have offspring. But here this morning we find ourselves in chapter 18 and the promise hasn't been fulfilled. Years have gone by. Decades have gone by. And next week we're going to hear part of the story of what happened when Abraham and Sarah tried to make the promise fulfilled on their own. They took matters into their own hands and caused a lot of harm and pain. But God has returned to them in chapter 18 to say, this time next year, Sarah will have a child. And as I just shared with the children, as Sarah overhears that promise, she laughs. She's standing behind the tent flap. She doesn't think that the messengers can hear her, but they do. And they ask, why did Sarah laugh? And it's this hilarious little exchange where she says, oh, I didn't laugh. And the last word of the story is the messenger saying, oh, yes, you did laugh. But it's funny, isn't it? It just makes me laugh. It's a funny story. But why is Sarah laughing? Because she doesn't believe it. She and Abraham have given up They have reached the point in this story where they think it is impossible that God's promise will be fulfilled. Abraham is 99 years old. Sarah is 90 years old. It is biologically impossible for her to have a baby. And so this laughter comes from a place of disbelief, a place of despair. Because in her mind, there is no way. And just so you don't blame Sarah for laughing, Abraham laughed the same way in chapter 17. God came to Abraham and said, Sarah's going to have a baby really soon. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed because it was so ridiculous. Now we know how the story unfolds. We know that Sarah does have a baby and the nation of Israel is born But, we can't judge Sarah and Abraham for their disbelief, for their laughter of despair in this moment. At least I can't. Because when I read this story, I see myself right there with Sarah. Having given up hope, underestimating what God will do. As we stand in this moment in our community where we see once again the the seeds of racism that were planted so many years ago in our nation coming to fruition and continuing to be lived out in our institutions and our systems, and I see the divisiveness that's happening in some of the dialogue in our culture right now, it is easy to reach a place of despair and think, There is no way that we can fix this. There is no way that this can be healed. I wake up every morning with this sense of heaviness and despair, like I don't know what to do. I can't fix this. But it struck me as I read the story this week that God has a message for Sarah and for Abraham and for us. The messenger says, is anything too wonderful for God? Have you forgotten who we're talking about? Have you forgotten the God of promise? Have you forgotten the God who created this beautiful world and humankind in God's image and called us very good? Have you forgotten the God who called you and set you on this journey in the first place? Have you underestimated the power of God to bring about God's purposes? And then I realized that in all of my struggle, all of my prayer, all of my work that I'm doing, I've been trusting myself. I've been putting my trust in my own intellect, my own training, my colleagues, and our ability to work this out. And I haven't been turning to God. I haven't kneeled in prayer and said, God, help us. Show us the way, because it is too big for any of us. Bearing a child was too much for Abraham's and Sarah's bodies. And yet, through the power of God, she gave birth to a son. This turmoil and strife and racism and sin and injustice that we are living in is too much for any one of us, for any congregation, for any group of people to solve. But through the power of God, God can bring about God's purposes that all people would be one that all would be recognized and celebrated as made in the image of God, that there would be enough for everyone, that every person would know that they are beloved and belong. Maybe you have come to a place of lost hope and despair in other places in your life. Maybe you've been trying to to reconcile a relationship. Or maybe you've been looking for that job that just hasn't arisen or trying to find God's plan for your life or trying to have a baby of your own or go through the process of adoption and doors keep closing and you want to give up and your laughter is laughter of despair. Well, hear the word of God's holy messenger in this story. Is anything too wonderful for God? Are we underestimating the power of our God to renew, to reconcile, to break the chains of oppression and lift up the lowly? We cannot do this on our own. But through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, through placing our trust again and again in God. There is nothing too wonderful for our God to do among us. So my friends, let us be people of hope, placing our trust in God and God alone.